You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Um, I don't think there are really any other major announcements this morning, so let's get right into uh, the preaching time. Uh, we're in Colossians. If you're a visitor with us today, we've been in Colossians. This is part 13 in a series uh, on the book of Colossians, and we've, we've enjoyed it. It's been great. Um, I may or may not wrap it up today. We're, in, we're kind of in the end of it here a little bit, uh, but I want, I want to just begin where Pastor Dave uh, left off last week. He has been teasing me because uh, I've been gone some during the, the, the series on Colossians, and uh, he's pretty convinced that I manipulated my travel so that he got all the hard passages along the way. And he's almost right. I mean, I did think about that a little bit, you know, but it just sort of fell that way. And it really wasn't my doing. I think it was the sovereignty of God that did it uh, because God knew that that young man could execute those passages so well. Uh, and, uh, and he has done a great job, uh, as he did uh, last Sunday, with handling some very, very difficult passages uh, dealing with family roles and husband and wife roles and those kinds of things and just did an outstanding job. And so I'm going to try to come behind that today uh, and build on what, uh, what he shared with you and what's been shared over uh, the many weeks. Thank you uh, for allowing me to go away. I went away with my daughter for uh, about a week and a half. And um, just to clarify to all of you who just assumed this, now I did not go run a marathon anywhere. I didn't you know, everyone is accusing me that I plan trips around marathons and I force my family to go with me. Um, and that is true. It does happen. Uh, but it wasn't the case this time. We just went to see family and, and friends and, and you graced me to go and, and be away for that time. And Pastor Dave did an excellent job of pastoring the, the church and, and uh, steering the ship here. Uh, so I want to commend him for that. But all of you, you're wonderful, wonderful people and very supportive. And I want to talk a little bit about that idea of, of you being wonderful and being supportive today. And I want to talk about it in the context of unity uh, and of doing the work of the kingdom. Uh, and so we're going to talk about different things. We're going to talk a little bit about some spiritual disciplines. We're going to, we're going to talk about some examples and, and about sort of the the, the, you know, the, the life of the church and those kinds of things. But the thread that I hope you get through all of this today uh, in this little message is that we are a united front. We are a unified body. We are, we are together. We are one, all right? We're, we're very much one. This is why we pray for, for other churches on Sunday morning. We realize, we, you know, we could pray for other churches because we were prideful, and we would presume that we are better than them and they need something and it's up to us to pray for them to get it. Well, that's not who we are. That's not why we do it and we better not ever become that. We pray for other churches because in the spirit of humility, we understand that the job of establishing the kingdom of God on the earth is way bigger than what we could do and we are very small in the picture and the scheme of things and we need a lot of help from God and from others and so we pray for the other churches in this city that God will use them and God will bless them and they will be vital to the work of the kingdom and so we understand that we are very dependent upon God for what we do and uh, I'm sure that those of you who were here yesterday and, and the rest of you as well understand that in the mandate God has given to Life Church He has required much of us uh, and that requires us to have a huge dependency upon Him and upon one another. Never that we would depend upon each other more than Him, 
but to understand that he has given to us one another in the body of Christ that we need, desperately need each other to be able to do what God has called us to do. And so I want to challenge you today that you keep that ever in the forefront of your mind as we go into this last particular passage out of the book of Colossians and this idea of unity and being unified and working together needs to thread through all of what we are talking about here. So with that, let's get into what Paul is trying to say to us today. Pastor Dave left off. He, he covered through chapter 4, verse 1 last Sunday. And so we're going to pick that right up here and uh, we're going to just run with it here uh, in place. And uh, so we're going to start with verse 2 and uh, these further instructions that Paul is giving to the church, these additional notes that he's sharing with the church here. And we're going to try to learn from them today and make some application. I would actually like to make some application here today with you as we go through this particular passage, all right? So there's about 17 verses left. We'll see how far we get with them today. Now, uh, I was sharing with one of the elders before church. Pastor Dave and I have this little, this little uh, sparring that we do with one another. And uh, we're both notoriously long uh, in terms of, of uh, preaching content. We preach long sermons. And if you're a visitor, I apologize to you up front. Please don't leave at this point, okay? Uh, we would like for you to stay. But we do try to, to, to cut the fluff out, you know, and get them down. And we still sometimes preach a little bit longer than, than maybe what some people's um, historical perspective on preaching would allow, okay? Um, and so alarms go off and cell phones ring and people grimace and, and uh, go get their second cup of coffee and things like that. That's, it's all acceptable, okay? Uh, but, but we're trying. And so... The problem, though, is that I've, held, I've sort of held the, the ribbons, so to speak, over the last number of weeks, especially a lot through the book of Colossians, of uh, preaching the longer sermons. Um, and so uh, last Sunday I was in South Georgia and at my, at my, my, uh, my brothers, and I, couldn't, I was watching the clock thinking, well, okay, they, they should be done about now, they should be done about now. Now Wade should be uh, you know, downloading the sermon. It should be on the podcast here shortly. And so I, I get on the computer, and it's not done yet. And I go, doggone Wade, he needs to get this done. You know, I want to hear this sermon. Well, in just a few minutes it popped up, and there it was, 51 minutes. Pastor Dave preached to you for 51 minutes. Can you believe that? I am no longer the ribbon holder Un until today, all right? Now, there's a lot of verses left, and I have to decide somewhere in this, am I going to, am I going to win or am I going to try to get the whole thing done today, all right? And my hunch is I'm going to try to win, all right? And not because I want to be shorter today, but I want to, be, I want to have quality here. And I want to, I, as I went through this, I really intended to do it all today. I really intended to wrap it up today, but I think I don't want to do that. I think I want to give you one thing today, one big thought today that I really want to focus on here. And I want to challenge you and I in it. And I want to bring a practical, practical application to us today, right now. And if, we, if God so deems that we finish it, we will, all right? But let's look at verse 2, all right? Uh, beginning in chapter 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ 
for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let me pray, and and would you please agree with this prayer that I'm praying today. Um, Father, I, I humble myself, I come before you, I realize that I am a mere man, and you are the amazing creator God. I ask you for your help today. May I decrease in my stature and my presentation in order that Christ may increase through me. May you have the preeminence of this service. May it glorify you. May it speak to our hearts. Would you open our hearts to receive your message and and simply what the Holy Spirit would have for each of us to take from this today. Would you do the work of making the application as we yield to you uh, and and share your word and and integrate your word into our, our lives. God, we want you to be glorified. We want this neighborhood one for Jesus. We want this city uh, exalting the name of Jesus. We want you to have your glory all around us. And so we ask you to help us as Life Church that we are devoted to you, passionately pursuing you, and giving you glory and honor and praise as we hold to the truth and we are unswerving in our faith, our commitment, and our obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I want to talk to you this morning about the idea of of obeying God in ways that make us more effective in ministry. Obeying God in ways that make us more effective in ministry. Now, there are several passages that we could make reference to today where Paul actually references that what he is speaking when he writes these letters to the different churches, that what he is speaking is the Word of God. It is the commandment of God. And so he he doesn't take lightly what he brings. He doesn't take very lightly what he writes. And in this particular case, as we see in this passage I just read to you, Paul is right now in prison. As he is writing this letter to the church at Colossae, this very young church plant that's just getting started here, and, uh, and is dealing with the issues, the social issues around them, and, and the theological issues around them, and the syncretism that's trying to come into the church, and all these different things. As they are dealing with this, as this young church trying to grow and, and have vibrant life and reach out in a very persecuted time uh, in, 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 the, in the life of the church, in the history of the church, that Paul is writing to them, and he is bound. He is in chains in a prison as he is writing these things to them. And he's saying to them here, I want you to do these things. And he's, he's gone all through Colossians addressing various issues and, 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 and doing that and with some great detail, I think. And, and now he's trying to wrap this letter up. He's trying to bring it to some kind of close, to give it some kind of closure here, just as we're trying to do in teaching it today. But I think you'll find as you study the scriptures that oftentimes the Apostle Paul and other writers, they write these letters and they write them often the way they live. They address the issues that are, that are relevant. They address the issues that are pertaining to the point in time in life that they are in. And then when they reach the end of their lives, you know, the great patriarchs, they had a few things to say. Jesus, as an example... On the, on the mountainside when he gathered the many disciples around him and he says, I'm about to leave you, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples. 
You've been given power. Now go and make disciples. These are the last words he spoke. And we believe them, at least in Life Church, we adhere to the idea that these are some of the most important words that he spoke. He spoke many things. He taught the people. He, he had great impact and great influence in his short lifespan as the Son of God on earth. And he is the hero of our story. He is the one who rescues us out of sin and out of darkness. And so he is the spotlight. He is the, the hero. He is the, 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 the great subject matter of, of all that, that we are talking about and doing in Life Church. But he said a few words at the end that we really grab a hold of. And as a church and as a body, we take them very seriously and we take them very personally. And he says, go and make disciples. And that becomes a very integral part of the life of Life Church. That's very much what we are about, is going out and making disciples. That was very evident, hopefully, yesterday to all of you. That, that our intent and our purpose is to make a difference, to make an impact in this neighborhood, in this community, in this city, and even beyond. This is why we send Pastor Dave and his wife to Swaziland. Uh, so that they can, can get involved there and understand what needs to be done and come back and give us uh, a, a very challenging report and mandate to, to help uh, to release some of the burden uh, on those children over there and, and bring drinking water and, 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 and share the gospel and, and help uh, 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 alleviate AIDS and all these kinds of things. This is why many from this church have gone to other places uh, around the world and are there now. All right? Because we believe that we've been given this mandate to go and make disciples in all the earth. All right? It's a very important thing to do. But Paul, Paul now has written this letter to the church at Colossae, and now he's coming down to the end here, and he's got a few final remarks to make. He's got a few things he needs to say. All right? They maybe didn't fit in appropriately somewhere else necessarily, but he's like, okay, now I'm coming down to the end here. I want to say a few more things. These are important. And I believe that oftentimes those are the things that we really need to bend our ear to. Those are some of the things as you're studying the scriptures, when, when, when the writers, the, the apostles and such, and the, and the great writers in, in the Old Testament are winding things up, there's a few things that they, they say at the end that I think are very, very important. And so we really want to we really grab a hold of these. And so I, there's something here today that I think that is really, really uh, important for us to grab a hold of together, all right? You can make uh, an individual application to it, and that's awesome, and you should, all right? Now, here's another thing you need to do as you're studying. If you're, if you're a visitor today, we're, we're going through the book of Colossians as a, as a Bible study. Um, our sermon series, though, is actually a, a series about equipping to study the Bible, being equipped to know how to study God's Word. Uh, but we're using Colossians as the example. So we make a few references here and there of as you're studying the Bible, this is what, what you can, can do or this is how you can do it, those kinds of things. It's because we're using Colossians as our example here and we're actually literally studying it as we go through this series on being equipped of how to study the Bible. You know? and, and so one of the things that, 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 that you need to be mindful of is that that there are, some, there are some nuggets that maybe they don't, they don't fit in with some of the other things or that you need to just kind of draw something from them that's quite unique. And so we want to we kind of do that today, all right? This, this is sort of like uh, moving over here. We're moving away from, from this, this thing of, of rules for Christian households and families and all of that kind of stuff a little bit. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about what I think is maybe one of the most key things that we need to look at. 
We make individual interpretation of scriptures. We apply it to our own lives. That's very, very necessary for every one of us to do, okay? So as you're studying the scriptures, you're going through and you're saying, okay, this is how this applies to me. This is what God is speaking to me. This is what the Holy Spirit is telling me. This is what I need to do. This is how I respond to this particular passage of scripture. But sometimes you look at a scripture and you go, okay, now, now I see the mandate or the command or the call to the body at large. I see something bigger than me here. All right? I can, I can pull out the application to myself, but I'm starting to see something a little bit bigger. I'm starting to see how God is speaking to the body of Christ. I'm seeing how God is speaking to the larger group here. And I want you to be able to do that today, and that's where I want to challenge us as Life Church today. All right? Pastor Dave gave you a lot of personal challenge last week. I want to challenge you as Life Church today. And in this particular passage, I want us to be challenged to devoting ourselves to corporate prayer, to gathering and praying, not just getting in your closet. And I understand that, that defense. You know, a lot of people don't want to be presumptuous and they don't want to be public and they don't want to be out there. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, that our goal here is to put everybody on a pedestal or even everybody in front of the microphone. But I believe that there is a great place for corporate prayer and I believe that Paul is sort of implying some of that here in this particular passage. We are to devote ourselves to prayer. We are devote, to devote ourselves to individual prayer. But I believe that Paul is calling us to recognize what is the work of the church and how we are supposed to support that work in prayer. And I believe that's one of the things that he is doing right here. And, and I think one of the amazing things that we need to get out of this is that everyone has the ability and the privilege and the opportunity to talk to God. Everyone. All right? And here's the amazing thing. You have the privilege of talking to God. As a believer, you can go to Him. As an unbeliever, you can go to Him and become a believer. You can receive salvation. All right? He, his, his heart is open. His ear is open. He's inclined to you. No matter what your circumstance or situation or heart condition, God is open to you through His Son, Jesus Christ. But as a believer, you have this wonderful privilege of coming to Him. Coming boldly, the Scripture says. You are able to, 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 to go regardless before God. And so you can begin to petition Him. But here's the even more amazing thing to me, alright? And that is that God will talk to you. God will actually speak to you through His Word and through experience and through a brother or a sister and through an impression, through a thought, through a dream. There are many different ways, but God can speak to you. And He will. And so I want us to recognize that God will not only speak to an individual, but God speaks to a body. And I believe God has spoken to Life Church through Colossians. I believe there's some, there's some particular things that God has really spoken to us as a church. And many of you have been dialoguing some of those things that God is speaking to you. And that, that is very, very powerful. But here, Paul is saying, you need to devote yourselves to prayer. Alright? And you do this in the manner of being watchful and being thankful. And I want to challenge you and I that we make a commitment to prayer as a body of believers. 
Those of you in your life groups, I challenge you to be more prayerful in your life groups. As you are gathering, spend time praying. We, do, we pray in our life group. We chat a lot. We talk a lot. We go eat ice cream a lot. Uh, we, <laughs> my group is laughing right now. We, you know, I'm from fun country. You know, that's where I was born and raised. And so my life group has fun. You know, uh, we, we enjoy life and we in, enjoy some of the benefits of life, like ice cream and things like that. And, and it's just really neat that we meet here on Friday nights and Milky Way is just right, right over there. You know, and so it just, it fits, okay? So we have a good time, all right? But we, we, we spend time in prayer as well. We pray together. We, we, we share God's word together. But I want to challenge you. Sunday night, we have a prayer time. We gather, people gather here, and they pray. Come and pray. Come and, 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 and be a part of that, that time. If you want to know more about that time, you can talk to me or Jack after the service. But it's a great time of praying. But maybe there are other times that, that, that are better fitting for you, and you can actually become the, sort of the catalyst of pulling some people together for prayer. And we can begin to pray. And, and here's why I think this is so important for you and I as Life Church. It's because we have begun to understand the missional call that we have as a body of believers. And I think Paul was trying to help the church at Colossae to understand something. And that is that you're called as a young church plant to, to, to spring forth the gospel in this place. You're called into, into darkness to bring this marvelous light of Jesus Christ. You're called to establish the work of the kingdom. Paul couldn't go to Colossae at that point. He's bound. He's in chains. He's in a prison. He, he can't go. But he's saying, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to understand who you are and where you are. You're positioned in a particular place and, and at a particular time. And, and the Father wants to use you as a, as a young, flourishing church as you're growing God wants to use you. And I think that we need to hear that same kind of message as Life Church, that God has placed us here and God has put us in, positionally in a place where we can flourish and we can do the work of the kingdom. And we're not unlike Colossae in many ways. We're, we're a small church plant over here in this neighborhood and we're in, in an area where there's a lot of thought and there's a lot of ideas and there's a lot of religions and all kinds of things going on. But God has set us here to be a light in darkness. And I want to challenge you and I that we begin to not only understand that call and that mandate that God has put upon us, but we begin to live it out even more. And we do that by doing the kind of things we did yesterday, opening our hearts up and opening our lives up and, and, and opening our resources up and being generous and loving and caring to those around us. And that's an important part of what, what we're called to do. But I don't think that the things that we're going to do in terms of reaching out to others and being a light in our community are going to happen successfully and effectively outside of the context of prayer. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can do as a body of Christ is begin to pray for what God is calling us to do. And I think that's what Paul starts to lay out here. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and be thankful. I think sometimes we've been very watchful, but not so thankful. And I, I'm so thankful today for the heart that God has given me. I, I said, I was talking to a lady yesterday, and she's lived here in this neighborhood. She's lived down this street right here for 29 years. And we've got people sitting here today who have lived in this neighborhood a whole lot longer than, than 29 years. All right? 
But she said to me, I've been here for 29 years, and she said, I love this neighborhood. And, you know, sometimes you say something and you've thought it through very well. You know, it's like, okay, I know what I need to say. And you've thought it out, how to articulate it, and so you say it and it has its point or whatever. And then sometimes you just, something just comes out of you. It's like it's, it's in your heart, you know. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes you go, oh my gosh, why did I say that, you know. And, and, and you're concerned about what came out, you know, and you should be. <laughs> okay, but sometimes something just comes out and it's like, it's not bad and it actually surprises you. You know, it's like, I can't believe I just said that. And I'm talking to this lady yesterday and she says, I, I, I've been here for 29 years. I love this neighborhood. And I said, I do too. And I was like, whoa, that's really my heart. It's really a part of me. That came out, that wasn't, she wasn't soliciting that. And, and, and I, I didn't have enough time to think, well, what would she like for me to say? What would make her happy? What, what do people want me to say that will please them? It just came. It came out of my heart. It flowed out of me, out of the abundance of my heart. For a moment, my mouth spoke, and I was like, I walked away, and I went, thanks, God. You gave me a love for this neighborhood. You put that in me. You, you, you brought that alive inside of me. You spoke that into me and brought that alive inside of me, and I like that. I like I like that feeling of saying that and saying it without any kind of motive. You know, it just came, it just came out. And, and I believe that God wants to put love in our hearts for this neighborhood and for the people in this city. I think God wants us to love Sioux Falls. I got a, I've got a series brewing out there called Loving the City. And, and, and I think it's going to be fun because I think we're going we're to find out ways to love Sioux Falls and love the people of Sioux Falls uh, later on in the year. And I think it's going to be good. It's going to be really, really good, all right? But I want, to, I want to challenge you and I that we stay in this idea of being devoted to prayer because prayer is going to be real key. But notice what he says in verse 3 then. He says, and pray for us too. And here's the key. You know, I have people all the time who say to me, pray for me, pastor, and they walk away. Or they're, they're actually walking away when they say, oh, hey, pray for me, pastor, pray for me. You know, they're not even looking at me, you know. It's almost like they're dismissing me. You know, it's like, yeah, pray for me. And I want to go, wait, come back. How do I pray for you? What, what do you want me to pray? What, what's in there? What's going on? What's, what's happening? Why would you ask for prayer? What, you know, is this just, just some superficial thing? It's like, we should do lunch. And we both know we're never going to do lunch. We just say it because it's nice. And neither, neither one of us has to feel bad. You know, you wouldn't walk up to someone and say, you know, I'm never going to do lunch with you. You know, maybe I'll text you sometime, but I'm not going to do lunch with you. You would never say that. But a lot of people say, let's do lunch. And they never do lunch. And a lot of people say, pray for me. What, what, what do we do? I love the Apostle Paul. He says, you need to pray for us. Don't just devote yourself to prayer, just, just praying. But I want you to pray for us. This is the Apostle Paul. This is the great leader, the great establisher of the kingdom of God in the early church. 
This is the, the apostolic king, if you will. He's the guy. He's the man. He's it. Everybody talks about Paul. And he says, pray for me. Pray for all of us. Those of us who are here in chains, pray for us. But then he clarifies. And I love this. He says, pray that God may open a door for our message. Pray that God will open a door for our message. And I want to challenge you and I that we begin to, to, to get a, a good mindset here of what God might do. And I think God's the God that opens doors. I think there's something a little bit significant about this door thing. Now, I'm not one of those really hyper-spiritual people, and I, I, don't, I don't do a lot of symbolic study and, and all those kinds of things. I believe God is God. I believe God says we should pray. I believe we should pray. He says He heals. I believe He will heal. He says He can do miracles. I believe He will do miracles. I believe that everything that is in the Bible that God says He can do through His Son, Jesus Christ, He can do. I don't believe it was back there somewhere or that it's up there somewhere. I believe it's here and now. I believe He is the I Am, the God of the now. He's not a has-been or an old God. He's not a future God out there somewhere that you've got to stumble around and find. He's right now. He's here. Hallelujah. That's our God. That's our Jesus. And so, the Apostle Paul, this great builder of the kingdom, is saying, devote yourself to prayer now. As I'm, as I'm closing this out, let me tell you something really important. Stay in prayer. Keep it up. Be, be fervent in this prayer thing. He said it a lot of other different ways in a lot of other places. But let's, let's grab a hold of this idea. Devote. Give yourself to it. Give yourself over to this prayer time. Make it, make it real. Make it vital. Make it continuous. Don't raise your hands. This is, this is a rhetorical question. This is for you to look at yourself. But how many of you are praying that way? How many of you can really say that you have that really solid, continuous, consistent, devoted prayer life? He says, but not only do you, do, you, do you devote yourself to it, but pray for us and pray this, pray this way. Pray that God may open a door. A door for what? A door for our message. A door for our message. Prayer can easily be put on the shelf, and it often is. But Paul's saying, no, you need to pray that this message is going out. The more that we do to reach out as a, as a church, the more that we do to be a light in darkness, the more that we do to bring the gospel to those people who are hurting and broken. We had this wonderful meeting uh, a, a, a few Saturdays ago, and a lot of you came, 30-something of you came together, and uh, one of the things that you identified was, was needs in this area of the community and a lot of, of hurt and brokenness and, and, and disenfranchisement in, in people's lives and the need to reach out to them and, and care about them and love them and bless them. Well, now it's time. We've identified needs and we've identified the area that God has called us to. We all agreed that we're here because of the divine hand of God. We all agreed that God put us here. That being the case, now what do we do with that? And that's what we were trying to find out as we met together and brainstormed and, and, and talked these things through. And, and, and Tony did such a, a great job of facilitating us through all of that. And so now we've got some things to work with. But if we just put our hand to the plow and just work and just do stuff, 
we're going to miss the mark. Because like Paul, we have to understand that that call of God, that mandate of God to share the gospel of Jesus Christ requires us to devote ourselves to prayer. And we need to be praying that there is an open door. And that open door is that the message may go out. The message may go out. That's what, that's what Paul says to this church in Colossae. This little church that no doubt could have said, oh, we're so small. We are insignificant. We're, even, we're in Colossae for crying out loud. Small little place. There's a, there's a bigger city here and there's a bigger city here and we are lost. We're stuck in the middle somewhere. We're lost. We're this little group and we're over here by ourselves and, and, and nobody even knows who we are. Maybe they didn't realize that to get from one place to another, a lot of people had to go through there. I want to challenge you to stop looking at yourself very small as an individual and corporately as a church and to see that God has put you in what I think is one of the most significant parts of our city. What I think is the most delightful parts of our city and what is one of the most opportunistic parts of our city. There's more culture and heritage in this neighborhood than you can throw a stick at. This neighborhood is the only neighborhood in the entire city that the mayor of the city and other leaders in the city has pointed to be an area of redevelopment. In other words, what they're saying, the message is, let's make it better. I like being on those kind of bandwagons. I want to make this city better. I want to bless the people who are blessing the community. I want to love them. I want to pray for them. But I want to pray more than that, that there is an open door for the message of the gospel. I pray for the dollar loan guy. Do you know who the dollar loan guy is? He lives over, I, I believe he lives in, in, in Minneapolis now, but the guy who owns the, the whole dollar loan corporation and his big offices are right over here. They're our, they're our neighbors. We, we called him once and talked to him when we first came here. Um, but he built some lovely buildings over there. They're still empty, but, but they're nice buildings, you know. And, and now they're putting a, a lovely fountain. Did you see the fountain on the corner there? It says Pettigrew Heights. And it's going to be a waterfall. You know? I think that's great. I got, I got a little note on my, on my calendar to call the guy. I want to call the dollar loan guy. I want to tell him, thank you. That is really sweet. That is wonderful. But I want God to open a door for a message about rivers of living water. Waters that flow up into eternal life. I, I want to begin to see things differently. I don't want to just look at a fountain and, and rock and, and go Pettigrew Heights. Whoa, cool. I want to go, whoa. I wonder if I can turn that around and open a door and share the gospel out of that. Some of you who are prayer walking and you're praying in this neighborhood, you should be more excited than ever. And you should camp out over there by that waterfall when it gets to rolling. All right? Because there's going to be a lot of people that's going to walk by there and check it out. And you've got the rivers of living water in you to share with somebody else. Before you go, just say, God, open a door for the message. And let it come.
And I think we need to be gathering and doing that. We need to be praying for that message to come out. There are four different passages. I won't get into them this morning. There are four different passages in the Scripture where there is reference made to God opening a door. And a couple of them just says God opened a door for the message. And one of them it says God opened a big door or a major door. All right? God opened the door to Macedonia. Paul, Paul didn't, didn't have it. Peter didn't have it. The Holy Spirit had it. And opened that door. There's also a couple of cases where God closed the door. I don't want you anywhere you don't belong. But I want you exactly where God has intended you to be and doing what he has called you to do. And that's going to happen as we pray and as we seek God. All right? So let's go a little further here and then we'll be done. Let the door open for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. We're doing everything we can to teach you and to train you in discipleship. We're doing everything that we know how to do right now and that we're capable of with the resources that we have to equip you. All right, that's why this whole year has been given to equipping. And I know that there are people who didn't think that was a great idea. And, and I, I love people who don't think that what I'm doing is the best thing to do. And uh, I'm, I'm willing to entertain them and listen to them and, uh, and hear them. And when God says they're right... I'm willing to change and do whatever is right to do. But Pastor Dave and I really prayed, and we really felt like God said, this needs to be a year of equipping for Life Church. We really believe this is what we're supposed to do. And so we're, we're holding to the course of equipping you to share your faith with others. And, and so this is why we have discipleship classes and, and we, before long we'll give you the dates for the next module of, of discipleship classes that we will do. Someone was talking yesterday about those two classes and now missing them because we're not doing them right now and they love doing them and having the class. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get the next module going here pretty soon. The reason we do all of that is to train you up and to equip you so that you can do the work of the kingdom to help you to have clarity and understanding of the gospel, to know how to, to, to share it, to know how to bring it forth. We're going we're gonna to do everything we can. But at the end of the day, when we've done everything, when all is done to help you to be a witness and to make disciples and to go into the world to do that, you still have to go. You still got to do it. But Paul says, hey, we're, we're, we want this... We want this ability to share it with clarity, all right? We want this ability, because we should, you know? We should be able to share the gospel. And so we're going we're gonna to do more and more to help you with, with that, because you need to. You need to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know how to do that, come and talk to us. Don't be ashamed of that fact. Just realize that that's an opportunity for you, and let us help you. We, we will work with you. Have you ever seen the commercial where... The, the mom and the dad, they're, they're standing there, you know, and dad's this, dad's this big old guy, and, you know, he's got big old baritone voice, and he's, you know, he says, you know, son, I need to talk to you about something sensitive. 
Well, everybody's glued in at that point. What's he going to talk about? Is he going to talk about sex? You know, what's he, is he going to talk about something bad that's happened in the family? Is there, is there, is there bad news? What's, you know, he says, your mother and I need to talk to you about this. It's really, really important. And they start to talk about drug abuse, which is a wonderful thing for parents to do with their children. But then the camera pans back, and it moves away from the parents. And you see a teddy bear in the chair. They're not really talking to their child. They're talking to their child's old teddy bear. Well, what are they doing? They're trying to figure out how to do it right. That's all they're doing. You know what? They're being good parents. They're being good, responsible people. They're just trying to figure out how to do it right. What's the best words to say? What's the, what's the best way to approach this? How, how would my child hear this best? So we pray, and we say, God, open a door. And then we get ready, and we position ourselves to go. And we say, now, God, make a way for the message. Now help me, God, that I will present it with clarity. Now again, this is the Apostle Paul, the great apostolic leader. He realizes he needs prayer, and he asks and solicits prayer from others. And then he said, not only that, but would you help me to say it right? The Apostle Paul understands that he has a dependency upon the Holy Spirit to be able to share this message in the appropriate way. And from house to house and, and moment to moment and situation to situation, it's going to require some things different in terms of how you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. We need to be praying for one another that we are sharing appropriately the gospel of Jesus Christ. But here's what I want you to understand. Not only did Paul depend on the Holy Spirit, but he is depending on other people to cover him in prayer. It was never intended that the pastors be the only ones who share the gospel. You all know that, all right? And in this church, we are very, very diligent about getting you to do things and to being a part of the ministry because we believe in the priesthood of believers, all right? But we want to make sure you're equipped to go and do that. So we're doing all that we can. But at the end of the day, we need to be able to know that as we're going out as the body, that the rest of the body is with us, that they are supporting us, that we're doing this together. I got people behind me. I can go when I know you're praying for me. And I love it when some of you, some of you will walk by on Sunday and just, you'll elbow me and say, hey, I got you back. I love that because I believe it. I know that you do. But, but we, need, we need this. We need to be praying and praying for God to open this door and for, for this powerful message to go forth and for it to go forth with clarity. All right? Last thing, and this will be very quick. Pray that I may not only proclaim it clear, with clear, as clearly as I should, but be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I loved yesterday. There's a part that I really loved about yesterday, and that was at one point I walked out the door over by the kitchen area here, and I looked around, and I didn't see anyone at the table where the food was and, 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 and where things needed to get done to serve people. Everybody was, was, was doing something. But I didn't see anybody there, so I just looked beyond the table. I'm one of those, those task-oriented people, so I, my eye just first goes to what needs to be done. 
Uh, it's unfortunate, but that is the way I, I that is the way I'm calibrated, you know. So I looked at the tables where people would be served first to see what needed to be done. And there, there wasn't anyone there at the moment. And so I looked beyond the tables and I saw over to the tables, all right, which is where the people were sitting. And there was all of our people over there sitting at tables with people from the neighborhood. And I was like, yes. Now that is God right there. When we are willing to move beyond the inside and realize that we're called to the outside. There's something wonderful about being an insider, you know, Everybody loves to have the inside scoop on something. You know, we'll bend our ear quick to hear something if someone wants to tell us about a, about a certain sort of secret thing. We love, we love having the inside scoop on something. We love the idea of being insiders. We, we love the idea of, of being familiar and, and, and intimate and life-giving and loving one another. There's something about all of that that's really good. But the danger of that is that it gets too good. And it gets so good that you lose the reality and the inside of who you really are. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ, a disciple, a follower, who is called to go out into the world. So somehow we've got to get from the inside to the outside. And you did that so beautifully yesterday. And I want to challenge you and I that we're living on the outside. All right? And that we're, we're more and more getting comfortable taking what we have here outside of here and sharing it with others. You do this with a lot of wisdom. You do this with a lot of grace. Grace seasoned with salt. We don't compromise. We never compromise truth in this church, folks. We'll never, no one's going to get to heaven in any other way other than Jesus Christ. All right? We're going to share that. We're going we're to shout it from the rooftop, so to speak, where it's appropriate. And we're going to whisper it in, in tiny ears where it's appropriate. We're going to do it and package it in whatever way we need to and can that is appropriate to Scripture. But the reality is that that is the truth that we have. We'll never compromise that. But we have come to make disciples, and that means that we go out. We get outside of this place that we're in. I want you to do something for me for just a few minutes. All right. My sermon is done, so when you calibrate the minutes, it's done right now, okay? All right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>